We live in an extraordinarily unique time, one that is unrivaled in Jewish history. There is a sovereign Jewish state in the land of Israel, and there is right here one of the most prolific and creative Jewish diasporas history has ever known. Rarely, if ever, have we experienced both of these blessings at the same time. Either there was a vibrant diaspora, like, for example, those Jews who lived in Babylonia around the 5th century and produced the Talmud, which we still read today. We still, in fact, pour over these words and debate the rabbis' ideas that they argued about centuries ago. Or there was Jewish rule over the land of Israel, like, for example, 3,000 years ago under Kings David and Solomon, who unified the northern and southern kingdoms, established Jerusalem as its capital, and built the temple. And we still read those words that record their achievements, as well as their mistakes and sins, for that matter, in the books of Samuel and Kings. We still sing the words of the Psalms that tradition ascribes to King David. Throughout our history, we had one success or another, either here or there, but never until 75 years ago, both here and there. And we should relish in this unique and unparalleled blessing. This evening, we celebrate the establishment of the State of Israel and its 75 years. This remarkable, it is a remarkable achievement. We have returned to the land where we first tasted sovereignty. We have established a Jewish and democratic homeland. And this evening, I wish to speak about Israel and its two sometimes contradictory values. Israel was established to be a home for the Jewish people. If Jews are fleeing from persecution, if no other nation will accept Jewish refugees, as virtually every country throughout the world, including our own, did during the Holocaust, Israel would welcome them. In this regard, Israel has succeeded beyond even our wildest imaginations and dreams. Today, there are 7 million Jews living in Israel. When Israel was founded, there were approximately 600,000. Israel has welcomed Jews from nearly 30 countries as varied as Ukraine and Ethiopia, France, and Syria. And while the ultra-Orthodox parties exert far too much political control over Jewish life, Israel moves to the rhythm of the Jewish calendar. Students have school breaks for Sukkot and Pesach. The everyday is infused with Jewish culture. On Friday evening, people greet each other with the Jewish refrain of Shabbat Shalom, and on Saturday night, they say Shavua Tov, a good week. The Hebrew Bible serves as a guidebook to the land and a repository of inspiring poems and sayings. To become a Jewish educator, to become someone steeped in Jewish learning, this means today to spend time in Israel and in particular, Jerusalem. The vision of the early Zionist thinker, Achad Ha'am, has been realized. Israel will serve as a beacon for Jewish culture. It will be our center. Our homelessness is cured, to paraphrase Israel's Declaration of Independence. If all else fails, we will take up our, Israel will take up our cause. 
when wanting to renew our spirits, we have a new yet old answer, return home. On the other hand, the state's democratic principles are floundering. Israel has, in many instances, failed its two million Palestinian citizens. Israel can do more for those Palestinians living in the West Bank who likewise aspire to a nation of their own. At times, I feel as if its democratic character hangs as if by a thread. In recent months, we have seen the most remarkable outpouring of protests in nearly every city within the state. Take in these pictures. The protesters are wrapped in Israeli flags. And despite the hundreds of thousands of people participating, the protests have seen little, if any, violence. At issue is Prime Minister Netanyahu's proposal to overhaul the judicial system. There is no doubt that Israel's judiciary, in particular its Supreme Court, is in need of some reforms. But that is not what is being proposed. If today's ruling coalition succeeds, then the Knesset would be allowed to vote and override a Supreme Court decision and judicial appointments would become political appointees, controlled by the Prime Minister's party. These proposals would eliminate, eliminate an independent judiciary that is a bedrock principle of any healthy democracy. And this is why the vast majority of Israelis are protesting against these so-called reforms. As my teacher, Micah Goodman, remarked, Israelis are showing their constitutional impulses. Only a constitution protects citizens from government overreach, and Israel has no constitution. It is a set of what Israel calls basic laws, but these do not have the force of a constitution. It is a beautifully written declaration of independence, but this is not the same as a bill of rights. I recently discovered that the first meeting of the Knesset in early 1949 was, to, was supposed to serve as a constitutional convention. But surprise of surprises, Israel's heroic leader and its first prime minister, David Ben-Gurion, opposed the writing of a constitution. Menachem Begin, his nemesis and the founder of what became Netanyahu's Likud party, argued for the need to draft a this fundamental document. Begin warned, and I quote, we have learned that an elected parliamentary majority can be an instrument in the hands of a group of rulers and act as camouflage for their tyranny. Only a constitution can serve as a check against the tyranny of the majority. Begin explicitly called for an independent judiciary and continued, the day will come when a government elected by our people will fulfill the first promise made to the people on the establishment of the state namely to elect a founding assembly whose chief function in any country on earth is to provide the people with a constitution and issue legislative guarantees of civil liberties 
and national liberty. His words seem almost prophetic today. Listen to what Begin said about Israel's Arab citizens. He said, should war break out, we would not want one Arab citizen to face the harsh human test that our own people had experienced for generations. We believe that in the Jewish state, there must be and will be equal rights for all its citizens, irrespective of religion, nation, or origin. What bitter irony that Begin's heirs now flout his guiding principles, and Ben-Gurion's successors, although fewer in number, march in protest for what he dismissed generations ago. This is why Benny Begin, Menachem's son, joined the protests. He understands what many only now belatedly realize. Israel needs a constitution. I pray that the moment to write one has now finally arrived. Our attachment to Israel hinges on this moment. American Jews love Israel because of its Jewishness and because it has held fast to our shared democratic commitments. And it has done so despite the fact that it faces many hostile and deadly forces arrayed against it. Israel needs a constitution. Israel and the majority of its citizens and many of those who love it believe in democracy. And a constitution guarantees this value will prevail. We must lend our voices in support of this pivotal moment. To turn aside is a betrayal of much of what we have dreamed about for Israel. To ignore this pressing need is to lose sight of much of what Israel has built in its 75 years. So let us take up this call and lend our support. Israel must write a constitution.